Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Very happy to be here again with Jeff Schuster, the President of America's Operation and Global Vehicle Forecasts at LMC Automotive. Jeff, how have you been? I've been doing well. Uh, obviously, a lot to talk about and uh, think about in the auto industry, for sure. I know things are so fluid. They're happening so quickly. The industry is emerging from the pandemic. Is this a, is, are things going well or are we at a, a standstill in terms of productivity and flexibility and production getting back? Just a quick overview, Jeff. Uh, boy, things are generally going well. Um, however, uh, industries you know, if the pandemic wasn't enough, industries having to deal with a whole lot more. Uh, the, the chip shortage is certainly starting to rear its ugly head a little bit further. Yeah. Um, so we are seeing a pullback in demand because of that. So it's not that consumers wouldn't want to buy. They just don't have a vehicle out there to purchase right now. Interesting. Well, I have a personal question for you, Jeff. Sure. I hope this isn't too personal, but I was thinking we all hear about Jay Leno and his famous, fabulous garage of collector vehicles mm -hmm. and how high-end and, and interesting they are. And I'm wondering if you, I've never asked this of a guest before, but Jeff Schuster, if you had a garage half the size of Jay Leno's <laughs> collector's garage, what's the first car you would wish to put in your garage. Just talk to me for a minute and then we'll get to our topics of the day. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, it's always fun to do things like this. Um, well, that's a tough question to put it to one. I'm gonna give you two just because they counter each other a little bit and they're they're both a little nostalgia. So first would probably be a, a vehicle that has just been near and dear to me for a long time and it's on my wish list. So it's uh, maybe early 60s, maybe a 1963 split window Corvette, um, black. So I've got the vehicle picked out. I know exactly what I would love to have. That would be, a, I think, a highlight of my garage if I were to have a, a show place like that. However, to just mix it up a little bit, I think I'd also like, I enjoy on-road and off-road as well. So I think I'd, I'd throw in a, maybe an early 70s uh, Ford Bronco uh, to kind of uh, pull in the, the Bronco that they're about to launch now, uh, going back a little bit, um, you know, spent some time on the West Coast and there's a lot of those running around. So I'd love to love to have one of those in the garage as well. Well, we just filled two spots in your garage. Jeff, what is split window Corvette? I've never heard that term. Yeah. So, so the back window, the rear window, uh, there is a essentially a component of the vehicle. So there's two windows instead of one solid window. So you've got the metal coming through the middle of it. Uh, just an absolutely gorgeous vehicle, in my opinion. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Let's look at some topics you sent me today. And, and the reason I open with the fluidity and the dynamic, shall we say, the challenges for automotive after we know the automotive production in the U.S. was shut down for 47 days in 2020. Oh, my. And the repercussions and ramifications now of the chip shortages you mentioned and just interruptions in the supply chain in every industry is, is bound to impact the automotive as well. So, Jeff, let's talk about some 
new topics you sent me, the current automotive market environment. And you're saying that the global market came through the pandemic better than expected last year. So let's talk a little Mm. bit about what's your, shall we ask for your prognosis or just your analysis of where we are? What would you like to do? Yeah, I'll do a little bit of both. Um, okay. I'll, I'll kind of talk about where we are and, and where where I think we're going to be. Um, obviously, there's there's a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of disclaimer in there just based on the yeah. the fluid and dynamic environment. But um, you know, as you mentioned, we think the pandemic, um, the industry came through the pandemic much stronger than expected. The recovery last year was quite strong. If we kind of extend that into this year, the high hopes of returning to normal. Um, it, it doesn't look like we're going to be quite normal, but we are better than we were uh, six months ago, a year ago. Uh, so I think when we look around the world, the U.S. certainly is outperforming and has been. Uh, the last two months, we have seen a, a pullback uh, because of the chip shortage. Not Again, not because consumers aren't willing to buy, but they, they can't. Uh, so I think we're in a bit of a pause in the U.S. Uh, that will return as soon as vehicles vehicle inventory returns. Elsewhere, if we look at, at Europe, um, Europe has been dealing with the, the Delta variant of the virus, as has India. Uh, that has constrained demand a little bit. So we've got a little bit of a slower recovery in Europe, but it's still moving forward. Uh, I think when you look across other parts of Asia, you've got the same issues. You've got uh, rising case counts, uh, some restrictions in Southeast Asia, in Japan. So I think that's going to have an impact on the industry. All in all, we see the industry up about 11% this year. So it's a little weaker than we were uh, even a couple of months ago, uh, but still growing to uh, about 87 million units this year. So, uh, you know, strength in the recovery, that's going to push into 2022 as well. That's good. That's a good thing. And I know I've received emails and phone calls from local dealers. I'm in the Raleigh, Durham, Cary area in North Carolina saying, if you have any automobile to sell, we'll buy it now because we do not know how much longer. And this was as of it's now we're in July 2021. This was in June. They're saying we don't know how much longer we will have anything to sell new or used really really interesting we thought it was a seller's real estate market it looks like it's a seller's automotive market but the question is what what do you buy if you don't already have another car right jeff what do you do well that's that's exactly it if if you have a fleet of vehicles uh, you're in a really good position because uh, you're absolutely right Um, you're getting top top dollar for those used vehicles right now used car prices have exceeded new car price increases Uh, there's a Massive shortage of inventory across the board in all vehicle types for sale. Uh, so what it really means is if you need a vehicle right now and you're a consumer, you're probably going to be buying something that you didn't initially set out buying. So you're going to have to settle for something else, uh, much that you are in other parts of, uh, you know, whether it's appliances or uh, or houses in that matter. In that case, you might be putting bids on in multiple houses in the same situation, you may not get the one that you really wanted. So I think uh, you've got to be flexible as a, as a consumer right now uh, and just kind of push through this. But it's this situation is likely not going away anytime soon, unfortunately. And you not only have to be flexible, I'll say you have to be quick and nimble and go after what you want. Absolutely. So Jeff, I have to ask you, if you wanted to get rid of one of the two vehicles in your Jay Leno garage, your Jeff Schuster slash Jay, would you sell the split window Corvette first or would you sell the Bronco? Which one would you keep if you had to give one up? Oh, I suppose it's it's going to be based on why I have to give it up. If I, if I need the income, it's going to have to be the split window. But if it's, if it's, 
sacrificing one or the other, I think the Bronco will, will go. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, let's talk about electrification and other trends. We know that BEVs, battery electric vehicles, are getting all the attention, and Ford recently unveiled their F-150 Lightning BEV. That sounds like a very dramatic name for a car. As electrification expands outside of, you say, science projects, smaller cars, and Tesla into more mainstream segments. Let's talk about electrification. Is it really going to catch on anytime soon? What about the grid? What about charging stations? What about the convenience? of, well, my car is out of battery power. What do I do? What do you see coming as far as the trends? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a challenging road over the next couple of years. Um, But there's no question in my mind at this point that, um, you know, the industry and many of the the manufacturers in the industry have gone uh, all in or nearly all in on electrification as a a goal, um, as an objective in in the future of strategy. So I think it, it's how quickly we get there that's probably in question, but it, in my mind, it's not a question of will we get there to an electrified lineup, essentially. Um, but yeah, you're right. There, there are bumps along the way. I think there are going to be some challenges with you know, consumer acceptance, uh, with range, with the infrastructure of charging. All of this is improving. The price point's coming down. The availability of new models in different segments is increasing. So all of this is kind of churning in the background. And, and I think it's going to be a situation uh, when we get out into the mid-20s that we're going to start to see a real uh, real increase in, in activity and in, in sales. Jeff, interesting. Uh, thinking about the charging stations, we recently spoke here on Automotive Insiders with an attorney who specializes in real estate slash for automotive. And she was talking about there are so many restrictions and guidances on how and where you can put a charging station. Does it go into a parking lot of a big box store? And what is the ADA accessibility? And what are the land rights? And how do you regulate the traffic? And how long people can stay? And are they going to go into that store or that location and buy something that would make it worthwhile for the retailer to have the charging station? And all of the accessibility issues, It it is, it's a massive topic that I guess a lot of people haven't really thought of any thoughts about that, about the, the legal issues, the restrictions on real estate issues. What do you think? I think when you look at, at the whole realm of electrification and pull that piece into it, you're absolutely right. That's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. And I mm-hmm. think that adds a massive layer of complexity to all of this uh, in something that, you know, certainly, certainly could, um, uh, impact the rollout of this uh, massive spending that we would expect in infrastructure and charging stations. Um, it, you know, it's something that's improving on a regular basis, but but there are things like that. Uh, the legal issues certainly are roadblocks to uh, a further and in a faster expansion of the infrastructure. Thank you very much, Jeff. We have a couple more topics I'd like to cover with you. I'm enjoying our conversation, by the way. You're very very easy to speak with. Jeff, let's talk about, if you dare, the outlook for the industry in the U.S. and globally. What's your position, LMC's position? Is it going to be, how far out do you want to go? We're in mid, we just passed the midpoint of 2021. Do you want to go out to 22 December? You want to go out to 2025? Where would you like to push that crystal ball? Sure. Well, our, our crystal ball looks all the way out um, into the 2030s right now. So we don't need to go that far because obviously the, the risk it increases as you go that far out. However, I, I think if we kind of concentrate on the near term and on the recovery period from the pandemic, from chip shortages, from employee shortages, from everything else that the industry has been dealing with, um, we do see 
the transition year, which we expected to be this year, you know, again, this year is improving, but the real improvement probably gets pushed out further into 2022 or extended, I should say, instead of a one year with a, a big boost, uh, we're going to be expanding that over the course of the next couple of years. So in terms of returning to normal, which is one way that we kind of characterize the recovery, we think by 2023, 2024, the industry is going to be back to pre-peak levels uh, of, of that 95 million units, 90 to 95 million units. Uh, and then as we push out a little bit further, we think uh, you know that 100 million unit level of light vehicles across the globe is certainly within reach. Uh, it's going to rely on the uh, emerging markets, those markets that are that are growing economically to drive that that growth in the longer term though thank you jeff couple more things let's talk about the big picture of what you see will change i know how we work and how we communicate is one of the topics you like to focus on it's not specific to automotive but it is specific to everyone in the world right now so so what do you see and what would be the impact of global workforce issues in terms of training retraining in terms of showing up being on the shop floor working remotely the whole idea that people have more demands about where they work how they work when they work workforce needs and experiences have changed so what do you see Sure. I think outside of, say, the, the manufacturing element of it, I think if we focus on the rest of the industry right now, at least those workers that, that don't have to be in a specific location anymore, I think that's the piece that the pandemic accelerated. Um, you know, our company included, we're moving to a hybrid work system uh, for most employees so that you're in the office and you're, and you're where else every, wherever else you want to be. So, I, I, you know, it used to be home, but it can be it can be the uh, the summer house. It can be the cottage. It, it can be a tent for that matter, as long as you have Wi-Fi, I suppose. Uh, so, you know, I, I think the flexibility, uh, that's something that uh, certainly with a workforce that uh, we expect to change. And as you said, that's not something unique to autos. Uh, but I think autos was, was probably lagging, certainly the tech industry and some of the other industries in terms of becoming more flexible. Um, I know just from a, a personal perspective, when we're looking at, at, at um New employees are hiring uh, now. Um, that's a that's a requirement. That flexibility. So I think this has opened uh, the market up where a company previously would be looking in their area around their location for for new hires. Now they've um, you know the, the the country is is the market now. So you can hire someone remotely uh, again as long as it works in that role. But um, it really gives you an opportunity to to look beyond your own market now. Thank you. And one more question, Jeff. I know your time is very valuable. You're a very busy gentleman. Jeff, what about the automotive industry looking in the reflective, the self-mirror, if you will, the reality check, I call it, and seeing that they can run leaner than they had thought? I know you have a perspective on this. What do you see? Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, especially in light of the inventory shortages that we're seeing right now, um, I, I think the industry certainly has had just discovered it can run leaner than, than previously thought. I think an element of that is going to be with us going forward. So uh, the, the days of, of just rows and rows and rows of the same vehicle on a dealer's lot for consumers to choose from are probably past us, at least in some segments, uh, some vehicle types. Uh, I think pickup trucks are still going to see a larger inventory than, than other vehicles. But I think the rest of it uh, the industry is, is going to work through this and work efficiently. 
That being said, I think the other side of it is if we look at some of the parts industries and certainly microchips, uh, semiconductor chips would be part of this, you're going to see probably stockpiling some of these scarce resources that have the ability to take the entire industry down um, when there's a shortage like this. So I, I think there's going to be, you know, give and take just depends on the part and it depends on the, on the vehicle type. Thank you. And I have one quick question for you, Jeff, just came to mind. I live in a yeah. 55 plus community and golf carts that are very personalized with flags and mm-hmm. ribbons and little seats for the dog in front. Do you think there's going to be an uptick in the purchasing manufacturing of golf carts, which would be a very local non-highway, non-big road vehicle that is relatively safe when used at low speeds by people who just want to travel locally, but they don't want a scooter. They don't want a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. They don't want a bicycle. They don't want a skateboard. They want something they can put two or three people in. So I, I, I haven't asked this of any of our guests, but is there any perspective on golf cart sales for residential use? You know, interesting. Uh, I think these are highly in demand right now and, and likely to grow. Um, you're seeing it uh, not just in retirement communities, but just in, in neighborhoods and in, in, you know, subdivisions around the country. Um, I have a little insight on this because my brother-in-law actually owns a, owns a company that is a, a Cub Cadet dealer. Uh, so he has, and he does some customization on these as well, and has done, uh, seen a, a, a very strong uptick in sales and an interest in, in golf carts. Uh, so probably something that's not quite in as short supply as, as vehicles right now, but it's becoming more difficult to even find those. Inch, very interesting. I'm not giving up my 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 high end sports convertible, beautiful. I won't tell you what it is. I'll tell you off air, but I'm not giving that up for golf cart anytime soon, but I am thinking of a motorcycle at some point and people are Oh, like, there you go. I think no, that's more that's, fitting. <laughs> thank you. My, that ship may have sailed. We'll have to see. Jeff Schuster, it's always such a pleasure speaking with you. You have such a, an easy way of explaining the topics and, and you're always, you have your, your facts right at your fingertips and we really appreciate you and LMC. And thank you so much for joining me here on Automotive Insiders presented by OESA. And for anybody who wants more information on OESA, there are some many great events happening. They're back to a hybrid model. Jeff, I don't know if, well, you're one of the keynote speakers at the big annual conference in November, right? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And they're doing hybrid events. I just spoke recently with David Johnson, who is is in charge of events and event planning at OESA. And you're going to be a keynote. I was so excited when I saw that. And there'll be opportunities for people to meet in person at these events, as well as virtually, which would allow more people, regardless of their situation, are they traveling, are they not traveling, to be able to attend and be part of the networking and be part of the SMEs. You're a subject matter expert. We appreciate that. So for more information to our listeners, our viewers, please go to oesa.org and learn more and stay in touch. If you're a supplier and you're not part of the conversation, we had a recent guest, Jeff, who said, if you're not at the table, you might be on the menu. So everybody <laughs> needs to step up, be part of the conversation of what's happening in the supplier industry. Jeff Schuster, wave goodbye to our audience. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Always a pleasure. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. 
All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association.